Not cool, Tina. It's not fucking cool. You're listening to Glee on the Rocks. Hello, welcome to Glee on the Rocks. I'm Emily. And I'm B. And we don't have Mandy with us today because we are experiencing some hilarious technical difficulties. Um, but she is here in spirit and in a notes app, and we will be reading off her opinions um, as they come. Because that's how we roll around here sometimes. So this is season four, episode 13, Diva. And the quick description is Finn challenges the Glee Club members to find their inner powerhouses for a diva week. And Emma prepares for her upcoming wedding. Uh, new top of the episode question. Was this episode good or bad? I was going to say, like, if I could change one little thing about this episode, I think it would be one of my favorites. Did you vaporate my ex-boyfriend? Like, the music is so good in this episode. <laughs> I like the music. What I come to Glee for. Like, I want fun music. I want yes. the costumes. I want the drama. I want the fantasy. I want to, the bops, you know? So, yes. and I think this episode delivers on that. Yes, I agree. It's unfortunate that there is a giant gaping <laughs> mistake in the middle of this episode. Did you vaporate my ex-boyfriend? Uh, that we have talked about before it came up in uh, our last episode with john from but a song yes. um, because it cannot be ignored this <laughs> incident taints glee from start to finish um you know it you hate it it is the vapor rape and what um extra fucked is like they literally condemn it in like the next episode so why'd you write it in the first place it was so unnecessary. And so watching, it, watching it back this time, the music and the staging and the everything surrounding it, I really think we were supposed to be sympathetic with Tina in that scene. I think so. I, How? Who? It, why? It leads, it leads up in the previous episode that she's got like this crush on Blaine. He's gay, um, but she's really like telling herself that she's in love with him and she doesn't know what to do about it and even in the sadie hawkins and they go no tina yeah. mm -hmm. no and now he has a cold in this episode um which if i remember my fandom correctly it's in part because i think darren had a cold and they're just like put it in instead of giving someone a day off from work <laughs> just, just throw it in there um but yeah, so she's decided that she is going to fawn over a sick Blaine and bring him soup and whatever the fuck. What It, it was like a cold buster kit. Yeah. Um, like overkill. Overkill. And, and it devolves into the vapor rape scene. And mm -hmm. we can either go through their whole storyline now or come to it because it's kind of like halfway through the episode, I think. I think we should start with it so we don't taint the rest of the episode okay. because I do think every other thing in this episode is interesting and fun and worth talking about. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so there's, you know, parts of this kind of involve the rest of the episode with the diva week and um, 
but really this is about Tina and Blaine and her growing obsession with him and uh what she calls him what's the line um he's like a precious tiger beach shrinky dink i missed that one they call each other the weirdest nicknames in this episode Mm -hmm. she calls him bling bling Mm -hmm. blaney days Mm. calls her tay 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 yeah yeah what'd Mm -hmm. you say tiger beach shrinky dink Uh uh-huh yeah (laughs) That's like so before their time, though. That is the most like '90s reference. Yes, when they were like fetuses. Yes, because <laughs> like, obviously, forty-five-year-old men wrote this. Exactly. God, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's funny though. It's terrible. So, so Blaine is <laughs> Tiger Beat. If if you don't know what Tiger Beat was, it was a magazine on paper. Like a J-14. Is J-14 older or newer? I don't know. That's just the one I remember. They were probably out at the same time. Never mind. (laughs) It's a a teen Vogue that's worse because they don't do hard-hitting insights. Yes. Uh, And you could rip out uh, posters of your favorite hot, young uh, celebrities of the day. Mostly boys of, of the time. And hang them on your walls for teenage girls. They'd, those be the ones where they'd have a little clip, and it's be, it'd be like, "What um, Justin Bieber looks like, looks for in a woman?" This is before yeah. Justin Bieber's time. Who? Uh, Leo DiCaprio. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Jonathan <laughs> Taylor Thomas. There you go. Thank you. I'm these would have had the place. <laughs> these would have had the Got Milk ads in them. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Blaine is sick. Uh, they're performing their diva songs, um, but. Tina is going to help him feel better. Blaine invites her over after school to find like the right song to let her inner diva out because Tina is just like not feeling this yet. And uh, the best part though is that his room is just like filled with pictures of him and Kurt (laughs) and just Kurt in general, even though they are still broken up because that is who Blaine is. Yep. Is his bedroom is a shrine to Kurt, as it fucking should be. And his locker is a shrine to Kurt. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> and Tina somehow doesn't notice this or doesn't <laughs> fucking care. She uh, she contemplates them in the in the scene of question where they're in his room on his <laughs> bed. She's just like staring at the shrine to Kurt. And then what what gets me the most in this episode is like, sure. Multiple women have been in the situation where they dated a guy and he is gay, you know, either was closeted or, you know, was still figuring his stuff out, whatever. I have an ex-boyfriend who's gay, famously. Now we're both gay, which is fun. But living the best life. <laughs> living our best life. In this episode, Blaine repeatedly over and over, she keeps like trying to get him to show interest in her or women at all. And he keeps being like, nope. Don't like women. Nope. You're just my best friend, Tina. Mm-hmm. I, I, she dug her own grave. She does. He says the line, this is the episode where he calls himself a perfect gold star gay. What? We hate that. I hate it. Um, totally erasing his bisexual crisis and his makeout session with Rachel. <laughs> He's like, I'm a gold star gay, but I did kiss Rachel Berry that one time. You mm-hmm. kissed her twice. Mm-hmm. Yep. And you liked it. Okay. So <laughs> we didn't, but you did. We hated it. You liked it. Yeah. And thought you might be bisexual. Mm-hmm. That's genuine questioning. 
you are not a gold star gay. And who cares? The gold star gay thing is so freaking cringy. It I is. remember it being a big thing back in that day. And I'm I'm glad that we pretty much immediately as a society were like, wait, that's fucked. Because a lot of people figure out they're gay later in life because of compulsive heterosexuality or people are sexually assaulted. And uh, we shouldn't hold that against them. So yeah. it's a fucked up concept. It's definitely one of those things where Glee misses the mark in yeah. their uh, their LGBTQ uh, mark yep. towards being um, front of the race. Yeah, it's like they did simultaneously right? so progressive and so regressive mm-hmm. at the same time. Yep. God. So yeah, so Tina feels the need to confess to Blaine that she is falling in love with him. Not that she has a crush on him, but that she is falling in love with him. But Blaine who is dosed on NyQuil that has somehow worked as if it is uh, laudanum has fallen asleep <laughs> in the middle of the afternoon. And Tina, instead of just getting the fuck out of this man's house, gets on top of him. It's unbuttons so- his shirt. Yes. And rubs vapor rub on this man. Why? The framing of it is so creepy. It's not like she you don't see her pick up, or at least I didn't see her pick up the vapor rub before she starts this whole weird sequence of unbuttoning his shirt. Mm-hmm. It's just it's so creepy. And it's got the nicest little sweetest music in the background, and she's like sobbing with tears running down her face. And she's just like undressing him and mm-hmm. it's like, um, um Yeah. Watching this live was like uh, I, the you know, the gut feeling of like how did this pass any writer any person any anyone let alone multiple writers multiple people signed off on this shit even the actors not just being like I'm sorry no yeah. And I know the actors have so little power when it comes to what they have to do on set, but like, and and the discourse, the discourse, like that word existed when this <laughs> happened. It was uh, wank at the time, is what we called it. If their roles had been reversed, there would have been rioting. If a dude had gotten on top of a sleeping woman, yes. and rubbed things on her chest and Holy unbuttoned her shirt, like fuck. not okay, not okay. There, the outrage would have been insane and justifiably so. We would not have stood for this, and yet, because they their genders are what they are, we were like, okay, I she's in love with him, and she's just uh, doing what she's doing. Like, no, 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 Mm-mm. no, no. Because I feel like the message from that scene is like poor tina she's still taking care of him even though he rejected her even though he didn't reject her he was asleep and right before she confesses that she is in love with him she once again tries to bait him about like hey would you ever see yourself with a woman and he summarily says no like there is no room for debate he is like no i do not see myself with a woman i am gay and like, I appreciate you aesthetically. Yeah, yeah. He says the thing about like, I find 
their women's bodies beautiful, but I'm not attracted to them or something like that. Yes. Like this whole episode, like he's saying one thing and her little brain is just filtering it to something completely different. Mm -hmm. And like, I get like still, she could have like put a blanket over him or just like put her hand on his forehead, even kissed his forehead. You know, you like check people's fevers like Mm -hmm. that. That would have been like on the sweeter side. She could have been sobbing while she did that. Fine. It's the it's the it's the unbuttoning and the straddling that are mm-hmm. not okay. Mm-hmm. And then later, she, when Blaine is like feeling better, and he's mm-hmm. like, "Oh, thank you for the soup and uh, taking care of," she like yells at him for not appreciating what amounts to crossing a number of lines, and inserting herself into his life and then she goes and sings hung up like i'm hung up on you like that's on you and it's like if you told him i'm upset because i told you i was in love with you and you fell asleep and then i put vapor rub on you i had feel like he'd be like wait 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 you did what (laughs) you did what you said huh yeah (laughs) now you're just mad at me for a reason that i can't fathom and it comes down to like him being ungrateful i guess because after she sings hung up which is a good song um, he's like, I'm sorry, I should have thanked you earlier. And they kind of like make up mm-hmm. and she still thinks that she has a chance. Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> she learned nothing. Learned nothing. God. And like, you can thank someone for bringing you soup when you're sick and not having to accept their feelings for you. They don't coincide. Yeah. Like if you were bringing him the soup and the medicine to ingratiate yourself to him you've already fucked up like you should do nice things because you want to do nice things and not expect someone to act or say a certain thing in return especially if this is your quote-unquote best friend not cool tina it's not fucking cool and it sucks that she finally gets a whole ass storyline and it's this one like literally just they're making it worse like just let tina sway in the background if you're gonna fuck with her like this this is character assassination oh thank you for this uh storyline i don't want it thanks i hate it exactly oh thanks for all this take it back oh god i would like a redo where she's a whole ass person and not just clinging to a gay man well they literally won't let tina have a storyline without being in relation to another person It's either her and Artie, her and Mike, her and Mm -hmm. Rachel, her and Blaine. I don't think she ever does end up with a storyline that's just her. Really, the body swap episode is the closest one, and it ends up being about Rachel. So (laughs) It's it's about how everyone doesn't appreciate Rachel enough. Exactly. And Rachel being like, you're going to lead the Glee Club next year. And then the writer's room immediately being like, no. Nah. (laughs) We change our mind. We're not going to do that. How will Leah Michelle ever get on Funny Girl if we let someone else in Glee six years earlier have a storyline? Oh, God. It's true, though, because if you look at this episode and, like, this whole series of episodes, like, there is no main character of the Glee Club. I mean, it's Blaine if it's anybody. Yeah, it is. None of the newbies even get to do a diva solo. And no, Naya just... does. Santana does. Don't yeah, worry. That's one of... Uh... That's one of Tina's picadillos, too, is that she's pissed that she's upstaged by Santana, who doesn't even go to McKinley anymore. Rightly Which fucking is a, so. That's a rightful thing that she should be angry about, not that Blaine is turning her down. Insane. 
they end on good terms, but Tina Unblame somehow <laughs> it I comes can't. all the way around. They're going to go to Sue, um, not Sue. They're going to go to Will and Emma's wedding as <laughs> dates. Which, stop. <laughs> <clears throat> Which we already know doesn't happen. This is literally the next episode. <laughs> I'm like, did the writers of these two episodes just like not even talk to each other? Yes, I'm assuming they did not because all of a sudden, so in this episode, Emma is like panicking over uh, the final plans for the wedding. And then the next episode, it is the wedding. <laughs> like she's-, she's upset about centerpieces and will not liking them. And nothing is right. And But in the next episode, it is the wedding. Like, aren't you supposed to be done? Listen, when I, when she said that the wedding was in 10 days and Will came back like this weekend, so I'm guessing like five days before the wedding or some shit, I left my body because <laughs> I planned a wedding. I planned two weddings actually, but... I planned a wedding for 18 months. The The conversation about the centerpieces <laughs> happened like a year before the wedding took place. It is like beyond the the realm of realism. Like we are in fantasy land that she, number one, has multiple complete centerpieces <laughs> in her office to peruse mm-hmm. um and that that is a detail like she has this huge list of details not done 10 days before you're not she's even gonna find a florist <laughs> she's also emma pillsbury she would have this shit done yes. so much sooner when did she and she get engaged um honestly like Time means nothing in Glee, so who knows? <laughs> That's also true. I remember they they did We Found Love. What episode was that? I mean, it was season three. Oh my god! Um, so it's been a, a bit. Yes, no, the tenth episode of season three. Okay, and now this is the thirteenth episode of season four. But that could be either ten weeks or six months. Like who knows? It's been like a year in Glee time. Well, once again, which you're absolutely right, means nothing. (laughs) If we tried to make Glee make sense, it's been a year. (laughs) Glee actually making sense? No. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, Shu left her high and fucking dry. Just went to his little Mm -hmm. arts alliance thing. And his only accomplishment was he got the cut from 50% down to 35%. (laughs) (laughs) Congratulations. He sent his fiance into a mental breakdown, mm-hmm. and all he has to show for it is 15% less of a cut. Yes. Like, it's he not sucks. even funny. It's sad. Yeah. <laughs> he sucks. He fucking sucks. We know this. And so, as Emma's freaking out, Finn is the only person there for her because I guess, you know, one Glee Club. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say captain. That's not the right word. One Glee Club advisor is the same as any other Glee Club advisor, I guess. We'll take captain. Why not? Captain. <laughs> captain. Captain. And Finn ends up like involving her with the diva week, but he also ends up like giving his opinion mm-hmm. on his centerpiece, which then Will hates. I kind of like this whole Finn versus Will thing they kind of set up here. I do too. I think it's fun. I do too because it's especially it's like a 40-year-old versus a 19-year-old. Yes, that's exactly what I was about to say. <laughs> but their maturity level is about the same. It's about the same. I really as soon as they put that sweater on Cory Monteith, he really aged up. 
Well, because he looks like his normal age. Exactly. And Will has always been so immature with his stupid rapping yeah. and stuff. So, like, they really... Although now now that we know that the original Mr. Schuster was supposed to be Justin Timberlake... Shut up. Now imagine this. This scene. <laughs> Justin Timberlake versus Corey Monteith. Well, because then they... Well, I mean, this is a future episode, but they definitely do like a... A, like sing off between Finn and Shu, and definitely one of them is a Backstreet Boys song. So I would yes. love if Justin Timberlake was on Glee singing the Backstreet Boys. Yes. That's amazing. But now imagine all the rapping with Justin Timberlake. <laughs> what were we talking about? So what were we talking about? We were talking um, about Emma. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so Finn. So they were talking about other shit. Uh, the the important piece here is that Finn kisses Emma. Yep. I'm, as a strange response to her literally freaking out she's like hyperventilating freaking mm-hmm. out I, it's never something that i've done to someone else when they've panicked but that's me like i could see like hugging her or like shaking her or like something physical like i could definitely see something physical but kissing mm-hmm. weird choice yeah especially they, he's so much younger i know that's what gets me too. I'm like, he's still calling her Miss Pillsbury. Like mm-hmm. they haven't even gotten to the whole like, please call me Emma. Like we're colleagues now. No, he still calls her Miss Pillsbury. So I'm like, this is your student. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. There are two odd choices about relationships Yeah, here between Tina and Finn. And maybe they need to sit down and think about this in the celibacy club. <laughs> um, Mandy, who can't be with us. Um made sure that we said um that she doesn't hate the emma and finn thing yes so. <laughs> yes and i really wish you were here to elaborate i know i'm like what do we not i don't i guess i don't hate it i do think it's an interesting dynamic as in like um she obviously needs someone and he is being that support for her mm-hmm. so i appreciate that since she was a piece of shit yep. as usual um <laughs> And it, it does have to be nice to have someone agree with her for once without just yeah. being like, have you taken your meds? Yes. Or being like, I need to fix you. <clears throat> Shoot. Yeah. A literal song called Fix Literally You. Literally saying fix you. God, Mr. Um, Shoe sucks. He fucking sucks. And like Finn sucks much less yeah. in this case. Finn has his his moments. Um, his, his suckage just comes from immaturity and right. – uh, diving headfirst into things that he hasn't fully thought about yet mm-hmm. where shoes suckage comes from egotism and selfishness yes. oh that was nice hit the nail on the fucking head thank you we think too much about these people who don't exist <laughs> <laughs> if only i were this introspective about myself well what i think is interesting going forward is like the the Finn Emma thing obviously never gets a real crack at it. It's just like, oh, this is one time mistake we fucked up, mm-hmm. and then everybody has to deal with the consequences, um, which is interesting. Well, I guess the age gap is why they did it. I don't know, but I was just gonna say everybody in the Glee Club fucking dated each other, and they stayed in the Glee Club together. So why not yeah. give Finn and Emma a little side thing? Yeah, I think he's, they should have done it. He's eight, over eighteen. Yeah, like it's still weird. I'm not saying it's not, but they yeah. had chemistry. Like. Let it play out. I don't know. There's worse things that have happened. <laughs> yeah, there's way worse things that have happened. Um, because speaking of like love triangles, the whole Britney Sam Santana thing finally comes to a head this episode. It does. We were waiting on because yep. 
Trouty Mouth, of course, dated both of them. Yep. Just, it's it's not good. Mm-mm. No bueno. So the, the driver of this episode is Diva Week uh, that Finn comes up with. No. Finn? What did I say? I think Finn comes up with it. Emma tells Finn to try to encourage the Glee Club through a competition. I guess they do it together. And then they together announce that it's going to be Diva Week. Okay. Great. Yeah. So, okay. you know, they want the the Glee Club members, which I, I won't miss having to say Glee Club. I can't. There's too many. <laughs> the lith can't. Glee, Glee Club. Club members. You're like the um, GL and the CL are. <laughs> can't do it. Um, You know, encouraging them to find songs that bring out their inner diva, which, of course, prompts Blaine to point out that men can be divas too as if that was like up for debate and he has to say it like no one is listening to him poor blaine he's like no um um, guys can be divas like he's so like we know buddy we've seen you it's like i need someone to validate me (laughs) pay attention to me (laughs) Uh, but they're also using this to get into like the right mindset for regionals because they can't forget that regionals is coming or they have to remind the audience and apparently regionals is so different from sectionals sure (laughs) (laughs) exactly uh the kids obviously have to debate who the biggest diva is where everyone is proclaiming that they are the biggest diva um given that rachel isn't there i don't know rachel and mercedes aren't there so like no one is i don't like how are they arguing over this there's no one left who's a diva (laughs) it's like right they all just kind of tap into an alter ego i would say unique is probably the most Mm -hmm. like diva on a daily basis yeah so they i'm the biggest diva they (laughs) they break into the song diva with blaine Brittany, Tina, and Unique, complete with Marley. Insane. Oh, Marley. Insane. You don't see her much. So. <laughs> yes. Poor thing. Uh, insane costume changes. Yes. I but it's, love. It's a nice song. I love it. Like, this is one of my faves. I'm a sucker for a group number. We already know. I think that this, that Diva is an improvement over the original song, Beehive Mm -hmm. Don't Come After Me. But the original Diva Beyonce song is a forgettable Beyonce song. Yeah. Because the production of it is just not, it doesn't show off like the lyrics and stuff as much as it should. Um, Because when I listened to the original song, it was after I'd heard the Glee song, I was like, oh, I don't like this. Um, It's just not as listenable. Agreed. This is so fun. Yeah. So it's like, it's so fun. It's an improvement over the original song. I love the fantasy, the costumes, the sassiness. The You can tell the actors had so much fucking fun <laughs> in the costumes and like playing, like play fighting with each other. Like, I loved it. So entertaining. And they all looked ridiculous. <laughs> they were so ridiculous. They had like the super teased hair and the feathers and the 
flowiness. I loved it. Amazing. Um, they they did also have to bring in a guest diva to show them how true divas walk, talk, and breathe. Santana. <laughs> Which is crazy because they bring her in after Blaine already did his diva solo. And I was like, you need the example after? Yeah, no, I think, yeah, Blaine is first. Blaine does Don't Stop Me Now, which does sound great. I mean, you you can't get any better than this. Like, this is what I want Darren to be doing. Like, fuck a Katy yes. Perry song. Let him do Queen. <laughs> yes, the I agree. And the dancing in the piano and the... It's so good. It really is. Sometimes it's hard to, like, say nice things about Darren, but... Um, well, they put him one. in weird situations, like... <laughs> yes singing live a song to anyways no we're not going to bring it up not going to bring it up (laughs) the blob more additions to the blob yes it's Um, coming but don't stop me now is lovely and again he was sick during this and still i think in the behind one of the behind the scenes one he's like oh i've got like 102 fever or some shit but rocks it so and he's fucking amazing wow don't tell him that we said it but like it's good (laughs) it's a secret between only us and all of our listeners yeah yes and then obviously Santana comes in doing Nutbush City Limits. Nutbush. Again, I think an I think an improvement on the song. Yes, I agreed. love this version. It's, it's so, so good. big. It sounds so good. God, Naya just has the most beautiful voice. Um, I know. Every time she sang in this episode, I was like, God, gone too soon. Like she yeah. just has the freaking pipes, and she's such a good dancer and entertainer. Like it's so fun. Yeah, it really is. This is a fun one to watch, and I I tend to listen to this one on like yes Spotify. Yeah, like I would I would like play this for fun. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, this does now bring us to our love triangle because Santana is pissed at Brittany that she didn't tell her she's now dating Sam, and Brittany tries to act like Santana. Why didn't you tell me you were in town? Like she has something to be mad about, and then Santana is like, "You don't have anything to be mad about." I am mad that mm-hmm. you are dating my ex-boyfriend. Yeah. Yeah. Who, like, is that really an ex-boyfriend situation with Sam right? and Santana? I don't know. Like, that seemed a little. Because she was still dating Brittany on the side when she was with Sam. Mm-hmm. That's what I thought. And then she yep. and Brittany got together officially, like, right after that. Yep. I think that That's timeline is correct. Yeah. I think so. Because Santana thinks Brittany is dating Sam as, like, revenge. Right. Which is basically what she was doing to Sam in the first place. Right? It's like Sam and Brittany, it's just like not cool, I feel like. Like, I don't Mm. think it's like you can't ever date any of your friend's exes. I think it's the fact that it's her ex's ex makes it more (laughs) slimy. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like, if her and Santana were truly just friends, but they're exes and she's dating her ex's ex. Yes, and everyone knows that Santana is still in love with Brittany. Yeah, and like including they only broke Sam. up. Yeah, and like they only broke up because of the long distance. Like they said that. Yep. And that they were going to stay friends. And I feel like it's not a very friend thing to do. Mm-mm. To date your friend's ex, your ex's yeah. ex. 
yeah. friends exes exes ex, exactly ex. <laughs> it's complicated it's a little messy and it's like it's so high school i guess because it's like i mean sam and Brittany were not gonna be like an in-game couple no just they don't have it Mm-mm. and we don't want it and we don't want it <laughs> like just a mid-Santana Britney situation. We're not here. Yeah. They have a, a make no mistake, she's mine duet over Britney. I didn't like this song. And I'll tell you why. It's not that it's not sung beautifully. And it's not that the lyrics aren't exactly on point because they are. But why did they build up the tension so high before the, the duet? Like they were like, the music was dramatic. They were like hitting like one-liners back and forth to each other santana's like i'm not letting her go without a fight and sam's like i can't hit a girl and she said who said anything about hitting and it was just like the tension was so high and then boom ballad Why? yeah i know <laughs> yeah i was like this is either terrible editing or it's supposed to be funny that it kind of like catches you off guard either way i hate it why why <laughs> if it had been more of a like annie are you okay kind of uh-huh. vibe yeah, or like the boy been, is mine. Yes, it would have been amazing. Like I would have loved it. I love a sassy like duet. Mm-hmm. Why? It, it, <laughs> it's fine. It just didn't fit the scene exactly. And yeah, I would have loved like a more like that's my girl. That's my girl. Like yeah, that would have been funny or exactly a, a better choice. I think yeah. they weren't really fighting over a song. They were just kind of tearfully, emotionally, yeah. emoting each other. <laughs> really feel like either one of them not at all yeah let's I just, go back redo new song right it was just a very weird choice with the writing of the scene mm-hmm. for the situation you know yeah spot on but yeah, yeah. so I, I was like with all the other bangers in this episode just a yeah just a, a sweet little ballad here yeah do over. Do it again. I like guess it. they thought that the chemistry would be too much if they did like an Annie, are you okay again? Because right. oh my Dude, god, the song is t- called Smooth Criminal. I'm an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> All I remember is that. Annie. The, the harmony. Oh, Jesus. People were too yeah. into the gay man and the lesbian. Exactly. <laughs> like, they, do it they, again. When that happened, they were like, wow, they have so much chemistry for being a gay yeah. man and a lesbian. We can't do that again. <laughs> I'll watch that one any day. Any day. I And I do multiple times. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, I think, oh, well, I mean, Santana's storyline kind of continues with uh, Coach Sue, yes. one, calling out the Glee Club members for just showing the fuck up at McKinley after graduation. As they should, because it's fucking weird. <laughs> that was weird. Um, but also calling Santana out for dropping out of Louisville a month ago. Yeah, and paying, I guess, the Cardinals to come dance, and one of yeah. them, Elaine, to pretend to be her girlfriend. Yeah, yikes! That's a new low for Santana. A whole lot of likes, uh, yikes! Not likes, yikes. Um, Brittany tells Santana that sh- that Santana needs something like bigger and better than Lima. I I do think it's interesting that sue kind of offered for santana to come help her direct the cheerios Mm -hmm. just because i think then it would have been like santana versus finn Mm. and they have some interesting hate chemistry Mm -hmm. as they have in the past multiple times and so obviously they didn't want to go in that direction and i'm happy santana ends up in new york but like i was like oh yeah it'd be like sue versus shoot and then you have santana versus finn is like they're mini me's fascinating 
I think that could have been very cool, especially yeah. if it phased out Shu. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that could have been super cool because those two actors had really cool chemistry. They did. Yeah. Coulda, shoulda, woulda. That's okay. Coulda, shoulda, woulda. Uh, but instead, we get yeah. Santana singing Girl on Fire as she transitions into New York. Which is huh, so good. Such Baller. a great song. It really is. I loved it. Just incredible. That voice. Mm-hmm. Just take a moment for for Naya's voice on that one. That's right. Just hold hold that hold that thought, hold that memory. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think sassy ponytail. I'm like, yes, queen, go. <laughs> Although it is always walk like, out of <laughs> yeah, just walk out of line up, up into the subway. So good. Yes, the transition, the cinematography was really good. It actually was. Every once in a while, they do something right. Yeah, there was a lot of symbolism. She was like on the stage, which is mm-hmm. where she had just like left where she and Sam had sang. So she goes back to the stage, has a moment. Through the hallways, has a moment, sees Sue, walks right past her through the doors, and boom, mm-hmm. she's in New York. Ugh, I mean, chill. Sometimes you're like, damn. Yeah. And the, then you're like, why can't they do that all the time? Do you think it's the director that makes those decisions? Part uh, of it's yeah. probably in the script. Okay. Yeah. Well, because um, the director actually won an Emmy for directing this episode or was nominated. Wait. Good for them. It was um, Paris Barclay. Oh, he's good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, he was okay. So Paris Barclay was nominated at the 65th Primetime Emmy Awards for Outstanding Directing for a Comedy Series for this episode. He was Amazing. Nominated. That's so cool. I think he did a really great job. Yeah. Um, well, I guess Santana heading into New York brings us to the New York section of this episode. Oh, Kurt and Rachel. Kurt and Rachel. Uh the episode really opens with Kurt bitching about Rachel taking over the Niata Free Sing class, which is something we have not heard of and sounds like they paid to take a free sing class and they like got credit. Ter- yeah. Like, I mean, I-, I took a couple of bullshit college credits to fill up, but like a free sing class? What the yeah. fuck is this? And and there's no order or like I mean free, sure, but like at least shouldn't it be like two people perform this week right yeah otherwise I would, rachel I would can just so. sing all class every class <laughs> i guess uh he complains that ever since rachel won the winter showcase her ego and behavior has gotten out of control i don't think so her behavior and ego has always been out of control <laughs> kurt you know this the Writer of this episode, which was Brad Falchuk, really did try to kind of make it make sense. I like that Kurt was like, we became close because you became tolerable. And I'm like, thank you for saying (laughs) that, Mm -hmm. like, they were not always besties. And Mm -hmm. really, it's like trauma bonding, honestly, that both of them, like, ended up in New York and, like, coming from a small town. Yeah. I appreciated, like, Kurt like spitting some hard truths on her. I think she needed to hear them because she really sasses him back. She's like, uh-uh, like mm-hmm. I don't have a big head. And then he's like, Yeah, you do. I threw the diva off. Yes, I love the callback to um drop him tanking the note in Defying Gravity. Yep. And it really rocks her world, which is like kind of crazy. She's like, I built all my confidence on winning that diva <laughs> off. Why that was so weird. Your entire life's confidence is built on that one thing, no matter everything else you've done. Right? I'm like, "Mm, 
Okay. Girl, you walked into the Glee Club the first day getting all the solos. Like you, <laughs> you never thought you were mediocre, which is crazy because there's so many great voices in that Glee Club. You should have felt more mediocre, but alas. Right. The ego's been there. It has always been there. But I liked that Kurt was able to take her down a notch, even if it didn't actually make sense. You know, right. whatever. Yes. <laughs> I liked that it rocked her because I was like, yes, bring her down a peg. That's what exactly. she needs. It's, t- it's time. Yeah. You can't just like go through life with like no humility. Well, she has been. People just hate you. <laughs> Except for the sycophants. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Kurt 2.0 and Kurt 3.0. Yes, these funny little Kurt 2.0 and 3.0 side characters um, who just worship a queen bee. It was like Mean Girls. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And then this is the episode, which I guess now for us, the timing is good because it says Broadway.com is saying that the long revo- long rumored revival of Funny Girl is finally happening this season. And we dropped a hint. It's happening. <sighs> it's happening. So uh, the the new Kurtz uh, want uh, Rachel, right, to audition for the Broadway revival of Funny Girl. Naturally. And tell Rachel that she is Barbara's heir apparent. (laughs) It's like, they don't even fucking know this girl. They're just like, they're kissing ass to a freshman. Uh, I guess Niata is a small school is what I'm getting from this. It must be like 2,500 students or something. Like maybe. Why does everybody know everybody? Uh, Why is the winter showcase so life changing? Like it's just a school competition. (laughs) It's a school, yeah. It's, it's a, four people singing. It's intramurals, basically. Like, come on. <laughs> uh, oh, we did miss that um, Rachel, or Kurt challenges Rachel to Midnight Madness. Which is Fight Club, yes. <laughs> as Brody says. Neata Fight Club. Neata's Fight Club, a no-holds-barred sing-off to the death. Uh, which I would have loved if it actually was dude seriously like like when he says that i'm like oh they have to just sing for hours until someone gives up or something <laughs> like that right wouldn't that have been funny right but it's like no they just they both it's just like the defying gravity they both just sing the song <laughs> it's the exact same thing so it's just except a diva off it's a diva off except this time there's a ghost light yes and like, they're sneaking into a classroom yeah like, Ooh. okay Ooh. Mm-hmm. Uh, at my college the classrooms were not locked I don't know. I can tell the writers never went to a college. <laughs> Probably like, you know, not. like all the academic buildings just stay open usually. I can't. I, when I wasn't in class, I didn't go to a classroom. <laughs> why, why the fuck am I just sneaking into classrooms? I don't want to be there. For the drama. Because the Midnight Madness is only drama. You can't clap. You have to, you have to do the sign language for applause. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, for what? I don't know. The drama. And they, they're going to face off with Bring Him Home from Les Mis. Which they don't pull the song or tell them the song until right before they sing it. I guess. It sound, that's what it sounded like. He was kind of yeah. like, ah, this is going to be the song. Um, and they do the same Defying Gravity thing where they're both singing it and it switches back and forth. They're singing it in the same key and everything. Which I feel like puts both of them at a disadvantage. It was like a little high. Well, I mean, not obviously they could both sing it, but it mm-hmm. felt like it was a little bit high for Kurt and a little bit low for Rachel. Mm-hmm. You know, but they have to do the thing where they intercut them back and forth, back and forth for the drama. I hate yeah. that we only got to hear Rachel's end note, though. Fucking rude. Yes. Yeah. What? 
Well, you know, it's Rachel. I know. It's Leah Michelle. But it's like why? Rachel doesn't end up even winning. So, like, why wouldn't he hear Kurt's ending note? I, you know, talk to the writers and the director. This the editor, too. Maybe, yes. Glee's, maybe Glee's problem the whole time has been that the editor Ooh, is, good point. It's like, paid off by Leah we Michelle. We should find out. We should call them up. Like, what was your fucking problem? Yeah, exactly. Where's all the good shit? Where make it make sense? Where's all that footage that makes sense? Yeah, like where's all the? You know, they film hours and hours of like other people reacting to stuff and Mm -hmm. other people singing and performing, and yet always Rachel. It's always Rachel. Which I think is how everyone in the club feels at this point it's like fucking rachel literally but it, it is kurt who wins by the closest margin in midnight madness history which how how would you know that i literally wrote that same thing i was about to say that how the fuck does brody know <laughs> it's like this time-honored niata tradition and brody knows the the votes from yeah. every single one they keep a logbook. oh uh, maybe <laughs> that's like, like something they do wouldn't there have to be the same number of people at Fight Club every time to have the equal number of votes? That's a good it just point. seems like people show up. It's so typical that like Rachel lost only by like one or two. Like she was like 51. It was like 5149. Mm-hmm. It's like Rachel only loses when it's like she's Close. almost the best. Yeah. yeah. Like nobody can actually beat her. It's just like, you know, random chance. Yeah, it has to almost be a mistake that she lost. Yes. Rude. Oh, you know what was funny? Um, Kurt, they show Adam like he's in this episode, but anytime Kurt and him are on screen, they're like four feet apart from each other. (laughs) Uh, Good. That's how we like it. Exactly. Like they knew we were pissed about it. They're like, look, we got to keep him in. He's part of the storyline. He's the mid game, but like. (laughs) Get him the fuck out of here. Yeah. Talk about someone who looks too old to be there. Literally. Sorry, actor, but like. Nah. I'm not sorry. He knew what he was getting into when he took that job. Mm. (laughs) Not here for you. But Kurt, because he is better than Rachel, takes his newfound status as the winner of Midnight Madness to shut down the sycophants and the meanies who are talking shit about Adam's apples and Rachel and everybody else and just be like, no, that's not okay. Finally. Finally doing something. Yeah. Just such a benevolent king. And then, of course, Rachel goes into her dark place. Right. She's like, oh, I've lost. And now what even is my life? And I'm so terrible, which is hilarious because she won the Winter Showcase. Yeah. Which was in front of the whole school and the school administration and yes. had multiple people. And it was invite only. Okay. And then she goes to one Midnight Un- Madness. Unsanctioned. <laughs> with just random students not real like no one knows who won and who doesn't even though Brody's like yeah it's like a huge deal if you win or if you don't how does everyone know there's like f- maybe 50 people in the room <laughs> just like, and this just breaks her yeah so much so that Kurt sees her in the hallway and it's like Rachel let's sign up to audition for um funny girl and she says Go without me, Kurt. You'd be a great Fanny Bryce. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He would, though. He would. But what the fuck? <laughs> I know. She can't handle the the smallest bit of disappointment. Literally. He he only... He has to go... He has to be the one after he won fair and square 
And he came to her as a friend to tell her that she needed to change, had -hmm. to be the one to go stroke her ego and tell her that she's special so that she would snap out of her depression. Yeah. I don't like any Mm -hmm. of that. I fucking suck. No, because once again, someone else has to sit there and be like, no, no, it's okay. You're special too. Literally. Never mind that I I did something good. Let me push aside my um, moment of triumph to make you feel better. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's garbage. And that's it's their always whole garbage. friendship dynamic. Yes, always. And always has been. And like Rachel once in a while has to be the one to go like pump Kurt up once in a while. But most of it is just Kurt telling Rachel, like, it's okay. You're special. Mm -hmm. He literally uses, like, that same shit they're always saying. Like, you're Rachel Berry. No one else can do what you do. But they can't. I highly doubt that. I do it. (laughs) (laughs) Like, let's get the Gerber baby in here. Okay? Let's bring – let's say she's – that's what they should have done. Bring her to Niata. Be like, she graduated early. Clept all her courses or whatever. <laughs> I don't know what the equivalent of that is in high school. <laughs> and she's, yeah, I got an early admit to Niata. That's what I want. Take Rachel down a peg. I got in early and I'm a year ahead. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I got a bunch of dual enrollment credits. And that- I'm a TA somehow. Yes. <laughs> so now I'm in charge of your grades. I would love that. Suck it, Rachel Berry. Literally. Um, yes, as Mandy told us, Rachel sucks. There's the voice <laughs> yes. of Mandy in this. <laughs> um, Mandy's keen insight is um, Rachel sucks. Oh, God. It is important to add, though. It is. correct. To she just can't up. let other people have nice things. No. And, like, she needs so much external validation. Yes. Which is not something she ever gets over. Like, Kurt has always had to, like, pull himself up by his bootstraps for everything. He has had a really hard life. Yes. (laughs) Fucking Rachel gets everything handed to her. She does work really hard. I'm not going to say she doesn't. You know, she practices a lot, whatever. Of course. But Schuster was 100% biased towards her. Mm -hmm. Like, no one can deny that. Because between her, Mercedes, like, come on. And everybody else in the glue club. Everybody had a fantastic voice. The only reason she always got the solos is because people were biased towards her. Yeah. Anyways, let me knock it on my Rachel soapbox. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. Uh, Whatever. Because uh, we're going to have to see the storyline through. Here we go. I know. Running girls know. happening. Kurt got them the last two audition slots. It's just so rude. God damn it, Kurt. You could have stopped this. For what? Exactly. Yeah, and for what? She quits. Exactly. Well, she says in this episode, she's like, okay, so we auditioned, but what if I get it? What then? It's like, good question, Rachel. Maybe you should figure that shit out Mm -hmm. before you go into it. Because, yeah, what if you do get it? What does that mean for your education and your future? Because, well, Broadway seems so volatile to me. Like, I don't have any insider knowledge. You do. Um, But it's like, yeah, a funny girl might open. But it might close shortly after. Yeah, it could. The review, you could put uh, a year and more. You could put five years work into the show and the reviews could be terrible. And then it closes a week later. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. 
Absolutely. Like that is not something to gamble on at that point in your life. You're like, you're 19 years old in your first year of college. Yes. It's not, it's not a good gamble. (laughs) (laughs) It's terrible. Yeah. There are shows that open and close on the same night. Wow. Yeah. That is insane. They get, um, I don't know if they still do, but they used to get, um, like a, a spot of honor their their posters um would mm. get a spot of honor at a bar called joe allen in in the uh theater district wow <laughs> i love like, that yeah yep get like a little open and close night <laughs> same night you get a little spot of honor in the bar wow i mm-hmm. mean rachel berry does not seem ready for that kind of cutthroat industry No. And here's the thing. Fragile. (laughs) Her, I mean, this is really skipping ahead, but her choice to leave the show Mm -hmm. puts the show in jeopardy. Yeah. And like, honestly, I'm not totally sure how she breaks her contract (laughs) like that. Uh, Because you're under contract as an actor with Actors Equity and your production. So like, I I don't really know how she does that. There's another thing Ryan Murphy has never done. Star in a Broadway musical. He would never know. (laughs) No, but I think he's produced them now. Although at the time, I don't think he had. Mm -hmm. Um, So like, maybe he's learned. But I mean, unless you're fucking the big names, you don't get to just walk away. Yeah. Uh, well, I remember um, an actor once, I don't remember which actor, but talking about how like being number one on the call sheet is like a responsibility. Like, yes. it's like, I'm not just some movie star in here, like expecting people to dote on me. Like I am responsible for the mood on set and like the job security of the people on set and like all the stuff. And I was like, whoa, that is not something Rachel Berry has any concept of <laughs> that like being the best also means that you have a responsibility, not just that you get to be, like, get to coast on being the best. Yeah. I mean, number one on the call sheet is you're kind of, you're the lead. You're the principal. Yeah. And then you immediately fuck that up and leave it for whatever other shiny thing comes across. The fact that she just leaves is the part that kills me every time. It's like, you just fucking leave all those other people who who are part of this show you just ditch you ding dong ditch insane i like to think in the glee verse funny girl beanie feldstein is the funny girl after her (laughs) the painting after her 100 (laughs) percent amazing um all right well do we have any other comments about diva i'm a a diva I'm a diva. I think I'm going to go listen to that song on repeat. Um, <laughs> the only other thing I had was that they call – the sycophants call Kurt um, Taylor the Latte Boy, which I was like, why do I know that song? And looked it up. And Kristen Chenoweth sings it. So I was like, wow, what a what a, one of those like super meta Amazing. like references. I don't think I have any other comments. Just our faves, I guess. Just the faves. Um I think I have to give it to Nutbush. Nutbush is your fave song? I really thought you'd pick Don't Stop Me Now. I I want to, <laughs> but I feel like I just gravitate towards Blaine songs right. by nature of them being Blaine songs. Naturally. And I feel like I probably listen to Nutbush City Limits more. That's true. 
but it's a tough choice. I think I can um, speak for Mandy and myself when I say nut butch city limits for all the pretty girls um, and Fair. the excellent singing and the bop nature of it. I mean, it yep. has it all. It does. But it's such a one-off song. Yeah. Like only Naya has the power mm-hmm. to make a song that should be a throwaway in the middle of the episode into something iconic. Kevin McScale. Was oh. he in here? Was, was he Kevin in it? He had like one line. Tina was like, Artie, will you excuse us? <laughs> and he was like, what? I think that was his one line. <laughs> so I don't know, 0.25 Kevin's? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. He was there, I think. Yeah. He got his paycheck. Why didn't he get to be a diva? Ugh. Guys Listen, can be divas. Because <laughs> the show sucks. Yeah. Exactly. Um, Cowards. <laughs> Cowards. That's why. That's why. <laughs> hmm. What's what's the next question? Sorry. Pain pain decks. Pain decks. Um not too painful. Well, Kurt was with Adam, but like neither of them referenced each other. Mm-hmm. Really. But there like was the one. shrine to Kurt. There was a shrine to Kurt. But he didn't say uh, anything like, God, I miss him. Like he was just kind of like, hmm. Maybe like a one just because the shrine was there as a reminder. Yeah. Would that be a two? Two out of ten? Or do you think just one out of ten? Like low grade, very low grade pain. Just like a low grade. Okay. I'm down for that. Because, yeah, it didn't really hurt me. Like, Kurt with Adam, they were four feet of power or whatever. Yeah. (laughs) Blaine with Tina, clearly he's like, Tina, I'm never going to like you. She's not hearing the message. She's not hearing it. Yeah. She's not hearing it. They both got to shine in their own respects this episode, and I liked Mm -hmm. that. I did too. Super. Um, Do we have any other... No, I think that's it. Oh, I did have a favorite line. Oh, yes. No, you're fine. Um, when they announce um, Santana's song, they're like, we invited a real diva to come show you how it's done. And Brittany goes, Raven Simone. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I that cracked me up so much. But also, why did they never get her on Glee? She would have been a great guest star. Oh, that's a good point. Well, in the reboot. <laughs> Time for the reboots. Yeah, Raven Simone is in my Glee reboot, that's for sure. Um, I don't have a favorite line, I don't think. Maybe just the, um, guys can be divas. <laughs> yes. Just for the line read of it. And the head. Yeah, the head, wiggle. like, <laughs> wiggle. Um, uh-huh. Guys can be divas. Um, uh. <laughs> yeah, I think that's gotta be it. Okay, well, I guess that is our episode. Woo-woo. Next up is I Do, and we have a guest. Can't wait for that one. I'm super excited. Um, yes, thank you for listening. Um, you can find us on the internet at, at Glee on the Rocks. Um, we have started a subscription on Anchor slash Spotify. So if you join the subscription, you can get access to our bonus content mini episodes where we talk about behind the scenes Glee stuff, um, non-Glee stuff, fandom stuff, stuff that crosses our minds at two o'clock in the morning and we want to put it down in a mini episode and fun my wife and i actually did a mini episode and we did it on video so if video podcasts are your thing or not i think there's also audio but you know a little treat for our subscribers <laughs> no it's just video there's no sound there's no sound um well, I'm, <laughs> it's in, just I'm in standalone cute people. audio file but that's funny <laughs> yeah it's you just two cute people either looking. watch the video or you can like you know <laughs> 
play the video, but like put your phone face down. That's fine too. Yeah. It's a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, we had a lot of fun. I did um, quiz my wife on some things. We did name that newbie um, from season Mm. four. Um, she did better than I thought. Um, and then I, we did Glee or Fever Dream, where I <laughs> came up with like two plot lines. One was a real Glee plot line, and one was one I made up. But she was too smart; she outsmarted me. But um, we had a good time. So I hope every honestly, I don't know that I could do that one at this point. I'd be like, no, no, that totally happens. Uh, I know. Well, if I went into like fan fiction and got some things, then then I'd really trick you guys. I'd have to write yes. it in a way that. <laughs> Yep. Um, Kurt saying, oh my Gaga, truth or fiction? <laughs> I don't know anymore. No, that's fiction. That's, that's fandom. No, no, we made that up. Carol being a nurse, glee or fever dream? <laughs> oh, shit. I know. I don't even know fever anymore. Fever dream. <laughs> yeah, we just made that up. Collective hallucination. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so check that out. We love you guys. And uh, that's what you missed on Gleeva. You've been listening to Glee on the Rocks, a podcast by OTR Productions. A huge thank you to our sound editor, Adriana, and our podcasts who secretly run the show. For more episodes, download us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Podchaser, and more at Glee on the Rocks. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can subscribe to our Patreon account at patreon.com slash Glee on the Rocks. Subscribers get ad-free episodes, exclusive mini-episodes, deep diving into the fandom, salty opinions, and so much more. So until next time, that's what you miss on Glee.